This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Well, as uh, as my dad kind of alluded to earlier, what we're talking about today, this is going to be our part four of our series called End Times Thriving, and I'm not going to review everything, but um, originally when I was going to kind of, I was just going to do this as a one-week thing, but it kind of turned into a little bit more than that, so... I was originally like, you know, what are some keys to end time survival? And so I just kind of started writing some stuff down. The Lord was telling me. And then I was like, you know, wait a minute. I, I Survival. We're not survivors. We're thrivers. And so I'm not just barely getting into heaven, just barely making it and like, whoa. We survived that one. No, we're, I'm charging into that place, man. When Jesus comes and raptures me out, I want to run through those gates, brother. And so we are not just here to barely survive, barely make it, just barely pass this, the, 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 the test of this life. And well, you, you got a D on your report card, Christian. So technically you made it. I don't want that, man. I want a home run, A-plus, on fire, serving Jesus experience. What other way is there? Amen? And so today we're going to look at, I'm going to pick up two more keys to our end times thriving. And I just want you to, I want you to pay attention and get a hold of this because there's two very important things that we got to, well, we got to, got to look at here today. All right. And so what I want to do is I want to say a quick prayer that I want to get into the word of God. Buckle up. We're going to hit some stuff. Father, in Jesus name, we thank you, Lord, so much, so much that we have a church to gather in and 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 to be with our family, Lord, and to sing praises to our Father and and study our Father's words to us that He left us in, right here in our Bibles. And God, I pray today that as we uh, prepare our hearts, as we listen to what You're saying, Lord, You're going to speak to us and You're going to prepare us for everything ahead. And Lord, You're going to do what only You can do. But we pray that Your Word will have free course today to do everything it needs to do. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, everybody said. So the first key today is this. Number one, I'm going to say faith. Faith. Now, this seems like such a basic and simple thing. And I'm going to be honest, man. Faith is like the main thing that we talk about around here because by faith, you are saved, right? And, and of course, Hebrews 11, 6 tells us, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so, if it's, if it's impossible to please God without something, I want to study as much as I possibly can about that one topic. Now, faith in its most basic definition, I mean, I've heard so many deep theological, you know, sometimes confusing, sometimes way deep definitions of what faith is, but let's just say the most basic, simple, elementary level definition of faith is believing without seeing, right? I mean, you know, I can go deeper than that if you want, but I'm saying the most basic definition of what faith is, is believing without seeing. And that's that's why it's impossible to please God without faith, because you can't even Believe that God's real unless you have faith because you've never seen him with your own eyes yet. Now, I've seen the I've seen the works of his hands. I've seen the things that he does. He's healed me. He's saved me. He's restored me. I've seen him touch so many people's lives in an undeniable way where, yeah, obviously that was the hand of God that did that. But with my own physical eyes, I've never laid eyes on him just yet. And so 
everything that I have based my life upon is upon something I haven't quite seen just yet. But God says, that's exactly what I want. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. But I want to show you here. Let's flip over to Hebrews 11, since I keep referring to it. Hebrews chapter 11. Now, faith, the reason it's so important, well, one of many thousands of reasons it's so important is it is the stabilizing factor that we have in the midst of all the chaos surrounding us. Anybody else, you with me on that? I mean, when things start going crazy, we don't have to go crazy because our faith is in something solid and something that doesn't change. And that's one of the many, many things that I love about Jesus is that he doesn't change. You know, we're so used to change. We're so used to updates. We're so used to everything. I mean, if you bought a phone last month, you're old news now and it's not cool anymore. Last night on TV, the kid or we were watching YouTube and the kids saw a commercial for whatever the newest iPhone is. I, I think it's the 12 or something. I don't know. But they're like, Dad, what happened, man? You, you just got the 11. What a loser. Come on. Dude, <laughs> I thought it was new. And then, you know, then we got this thing. And so things change fast. And our world is so used. We are just never satisfied. Things have always got to be updated. But what I love about Jesus is he doesn't need updated. He tells me when I need updated, right? He, I mean, I need updated all the time. I need renewed. I need refreshed. But Jesus never does. And that's why when the whole world's going crazy, I'm just sticking with Jesus because he hasn't changed one bit. Hebrews 13, 8 says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not changing. And so if something needs to change, it's going to be me. So Hebrews 11, 1, it says, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. Don't you like it when you were hoping for something that it actually happens? Well, faith is the confidence that what you hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we can not see. And so I have assurance. I have, I am totally convinced about some things that I've never seen before in my life. Well, how do you know about that? I mean, you ever seen it? I've never seen it. How do you, you've ever seen heaven? I've never seen heaven. But I am so convinced that it is real that I have staked my entire life and everything I do upon the fact that heaven is real. And that I'm going there someday. I put, they say, well, don't put all your eggs in one basket. I put all my eggs in one basket. This is the one sure thing that I have in this life, that Jesus is real and heaven is real. And faith gives me that confidence. Now, it, Hebrews 11, when it has this word right here, hope. Now, you got to realize that hope is the precursor to faith. If you're in a bad spot, you're in a bad situation, the initial thing that you need to have is hope. Because hope tells us, you know what, I think that things could possibly get better. And you've got that initial spark, that initial pilot light, because if you've got no hope, you say things like, things will never get better, this will never change. That's a hopeless person. But somebody that at least has hope, they say, you know what, it, it, I, it could get better, it, it might. But then you keep clinging to that hope, guess what? You keep getting the word of God in you. Hope changes to faith. Faith says, not only could things get better, things will get better. Faith 
is confidence. It's assurance that what God promised will actually happen. And if you don't think that's key to your survival in the end times, then you are blind. You are mistaken. You have got to be able to believe some things that you can't quite see just yet. And you've got to be confident. Look at verse six here. Hebrews eleven six. Who thinks faith's important? All right. Hebrews eleven six. It says, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. And so do you see why we take faith so seriously? Anybody? Do you see why? Because I can't please God without it. And on top of it, he rewards those who sincerely seek him. And I mean, call me selfish, but if God says, hey, I'll reward you if you do this, I'm like, yeah, I'll do that. Sign me up. I will sincerely seek you because I want everything that God wants me to have. I will seek him sincerely. And it says he rewards those people. Faith is key. And so I'm telling you right now that when things are getting shaken up all around you these days, keep your confidence. Yeah, I mean, I know you got that Bible thing, but but don't, don't you see what's going on over here? Eh, I mean, come on. The word of God says this. I know the Bible says this, but and I've told you before, man, that whenever somebody comes up to me and says, I, I know the scriptures say that, but I'm like, but what are you talking about? I, I've told this story a lot, but I was talking to a neighbor one day a couple years ago and man, all the break-ins going on around here. There's this going on and, and on this street over here, there's something going on and this guy's a, a leader in another church. But I'm like, you know what, brother? I know all that, but aren't you glad that me and you have our houses are surrounded by the angels of God that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that we are safe and secure because we are surrounded by the promises of God? And he goes, a lot of good that's doing. Like, what? What are you talking about, man? What are you talking about? He's like, yeah, that's doing a lot of good, isn't it? I'm like, speak for yourself, brother. But listen, my house is surrounded by the angels of God. You don't want to mess with, with my house and my family. And well, I know it says that, but man, quit with your butt. Get it out of here. You know, I've said, I've, I've, I've said this, but I'll say it again. Every somebody says stuff like that. I all I hear is this or mix a lot song in my in my in my head. I like big butts and I cannot. And and then and every time a yeah, the word of God says this, but I'm like, man, stop with the big butts. Listen, the word of God says it and I believe it. That's what we're talking about. And so I feel that 2020 has been a great introduction to the end times, because for one, we're seeing prophecy fulfilled at lightning speed. All right. Every week I'm seeing something happen with Israel, something happened with just so many things going on. And I think another uh, great introduction has been hostility towards Christians. We're seeing stuff now and telling you you can't sing, telling you you can't even go to church anymore and all this crazy stuff. And I'm just saying, hey, it, it'll get you want to be right with God, because I when, when the trumpet sounds, I want to go on the first batch. I mean, if you want to stick around for the rest, by all means, have at it. But I want out of here before it gets real crazy. And it will get real crazy at some point in time. But we are told in 2 Corinthians 5, 7 that we are to walk by faith, not by sight. And if you're somebody that totally walks by sight, listen, 
you're going to be a very unstable Christian. Because if all you're doing is going by what you see, all we see is there's a lot of bad out there right now. But you have been commanded, no, 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 that's not what you're focusing on. You walk by faith and not by sight. This is why this is key to your success in the end times. When we see negative news and hear negative things all day, every day, your ability to tune that out and make your decisions based off of what the Bible says is going to be the deciding factor of your success in the end times. That was a very long sentence that I just said. That was a total run on. But I'm going to try to say that again somehow. Listen, your ability to turn out, tune out the negative news and lock in on the word of God, no matter what's going on, this will be the key to your success or your failure in the end times. You have got to set your face as a flint on what the word of God says. And I, I know all that's going on. I'm, I'm aware of it. But but the word of God says this. This is what I'm focused on right now. You have got to have laser focus on the word of God or else you are going to fall for some mess in these end times. And so I want to show you something here in First Corinthians chapter two. First Corinthians chapter two. I'm moving kind of fast and I've got a lot of scripture. So be ye ready. First Corinthians chapter two. And this is the apostle Paul talking about. Uh, well, well, let me just read this to you. First Corinthians chapter two. I'm going to read verses one through five. I got a few verses here. First Corinthians two. Who's having a good time? First Corinthians two. Verses one through five. And Paul says this. When I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words and an impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. Now, Paul could have. He was highly educated, very intellectual. But I don't like it when somebody makes the gospel and the word of God so confusing that you can't even understand what they just said. They're just impressing you with lofty words and and, and how smart they are. And that's good. But I want to understand what's actually being said here. So Paul said that that's not what I did. I didn't come to you like that. For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling, and my message and my preaching were very plain. I like stuff like that. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, that's a good way to preach right there. Just rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 5, I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. And that's what I'm getting at right there. That we don't need to be trusting in human wisdom, but in the power of God. Yeah, but they've got all these facts right here. They've got all these stats. They've got all, look at it. It's right here on this page. I'm not walking by sight. I'm walking by faith. And it tells us that we are to trust in the power of God. In the New King James, verse 5, it's on your screen there. It says that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now, what I'm getting at with all this regarding faith is you better be able in this day and age that we're in to trust God. Because you cannot trust everything that you see and hear on TV and everything else anymore. Not that you ever could, but you better be able to trust God and not rely on the wisdom 
of this world. That's what Paul said. He said, I didn't come to you and, and try to impress you with wisdom. I came and tried to get to you the power of God. And as I recall all the, the events and things that have unfolded throughout the, the, the first part of this year, I can see time and time again that the wisdom of man has failed. They keep telling me stuff and then they change their mind next week, right? No, you gotta do this or you're gonna die. Oh wait, no, don't do that. That'll kill you. What? You just told me to do this. Oh no, 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 don't go over here. Don't say this. Don't do that. And then next week, no, what you need to do is, and they keep contradicting themselves and it's very apparent that the experts and the wise men of this world have absolutely no idea what they're talking about. You know what I mean? I, I don't know about if they got the whiz, but they definitely got the dumb part of it, right? And so uh, I don't know who to listen to on all this, so I realize I better just trust in the power of God, and as Paul said, in the power of the Holy Spirit. Two keys to your end times thriving, faith, being able to trust God no matter what it looks like, okay? Very basic. And then number two, I want to say the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. And I know that this is what God specifically wanted me to talk about today because he's been telling me this all week long. And the fact of the matter is most Christians do not know very much about the Holy Spirit. Oh, wait a minute. It's not that other guy in the Trinity, that one, um, the third member. He's more than the third teammate in the Trinity. And some fun, some people refer to the Holy Spirit. Oh, I know what I know what it is. I know what it is. He's not an it. He. All right. There's so much misunderstanding about who the Holy Spirit is. And I found that the majority of Christians out of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they definitely know the least amount about the Holy Spirit, because a lot of people don't talk about him. A lot of people don't refer to him. And a lot of people definitely they don't they don't just don't know much about him. Now, listen, I'm going to take like 10 minutes here and give us cram a crash course of some wonderful things on why you need to know and be familiar with and fellowship with and be filled with and baptized with the Holy Spirit. And this is essential. This, I'm telling you now, if you don't ever listen to me, just listen to me for this next little bit. Listen, this is essential to how you handle the days ahead and the things that come at you for the rest of our time here on this world. And it's the Holy Spirit. So I want to show you something here. Let's flip over to John chapter 14. And uh, as we're going there, a few things that you should know is that the Holy Spirit, as a born-again Christian, He is who lives on the inside of you. Now, I know we say we've got Jesus in our heart, and that's wonderful and a great and true thing to say. But if you want to be technical, Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. And we're told in John 14, 17 and 1 Corinthians 3, 16, that the Holy Spirit is the one that lives on the inside of us. So I've got the I am full of the Holy Spirit. That's pretty good news right there. And so uh, but I want to see I want to show you a few things here. One thing that's important for you to realize is. One reason we take the Holy Spirit so seriously is because Jesus himself said before he went to heaven, he's like, guys, it's actually better for you that I leave this earth and go to heaven. Because when I leave, the Holy Spirit is going to come down here and that's going to be better. That's going to be even better for you than having me right here. And I'm like, what? 
And the disciples are like, how could that possibly be any better than getting to be having Jesus physically with us? Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I leave because when I leave, the Holy Spirit comes. Now, I'm going to show you some things about why Jesus would possibly say something like that, because that sounds pretty crazy to me. So here we go. John 14 and verse 16, I'm going to look at several scriptures, and then I've compiled a beautiful list that will be on the screen of wonderful things that the Holy Spirit is for you. All right? So John 14 and verse 16, Jesus said, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. So that word advocate is, let me break down, that's a Greek word with many, many meanings, okay? But the, the full definition, the Amplified Classic translation breaks it down for us. And so here it is, that verse 16 in the Amplified, it says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter. Anybody in here ever need comforted? I'm just going to be, sometimes I need comforted. I'm a grown man, and sometimes I need comforted, and guess what? The Holy Spirit is right there inside of me, all around me, to be my comforter. You don't think that's important. I don't know what you're talking about. But he is our comforter, our counselor. Anybody need counseling? I mean, well, you know, you know what I mean, right? Okay. So, you know, don't have to raise your hand if you don't want to. But, hey, if I need counseling, I've got a counselor right there with me all day, every day leading and guiding me he's a comforter a counselor a helper who needs help don't lie to me i know you guys i've known you for a long time raise your hands you need help okay all right yeah he's our helper our intercessor our advocate our strengthener and stand by and it says that he may remain with you forever did you look at that list of things right there And yet most Christians don't even know that that's available to them on a 24-7 daily basis. The Holy Spirit is right there to be your comforter, your counselor, your helper, your advocate, your intercessor, your strengthener. Who needs strength sometimes? You need a little extra strength. The Holy Spirit is right there on the inside of you. Look at verse 17. Verse 17. He is... The Holy Spirit. And so Jesus said, you need the advocate. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. And guess what? When he said later will be in you, that day finally happened in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. And now he isn't just living around me. He's living on the inside of us. That's good news for us right there. And so, but look at what he says right here. Verse 17, he leads us into all truth. If there has ever been a moment in history that people need the truth, man, is it now. There are some deceived people walking around. Some people that are Christians walking around and they are absolutely blinded and deceived from the truth. But the good news is, is the Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth. That's key for your end times thriving. You need to know the truth. I don't want to be lied to. You know, some people are like, well, you know, I'd rather, I don't know. Listen, 
don't spare my feelings. I want the truth because I don't want to be deceived. When I know the truth, the truth shall set me free, John 8, 32. I don't want to be in bondage. I don't want to be a slave. I don't want to be blinded. I want the truth even if it hurts because I want to be free. So that's something for us to consider right there. And so he helps us find truth. Look at verse 26. You're getting a crash course on the Holy Spirit, and you need to know this stuff because you need to know why he's so important and why Jesus would say, hey, it's better that I just go on up to heaven because then the Holy Spirit will come. You need to know why he would say that. Verse 26, it says, but when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. And so I'm telling you right now, another key component, another incredible thing of the Holy Spirit is he reminds us of the word of God. He reminds us of everything Jesus said. Have you ever been in a spot and a scripture just comes to your mind and you're like, well, where'd that come from? Your comforter, your advocate, your intercessor, your standby, your strengthener, your helper just popped that scripture and dropped it right in to your spirit. And some people will tell me like, man, I don't even, I'm, I'm not that good at memorizing scripture, but the other day I was talking to someone and all these verses just kept on rolling out. I don't know how I did it. You didn't do it. That was your helper. That was the Holy Spirit and you didn't even know it. The Holy Spirit, he will remind you of everything Jesus told you. And so are you seeing why Jesus would say, it's to your advantage that I go on up to heaven? Because when I go, I'm sending the Holy Spirit as my representative, and he's going to be able to do all this stuff right here. And so that's the Holy Spirit. Look at chapter 15, John chapter 15. You learning anything today? Part of the problem is you need to get better acquainted with the Holy Spirit. Now, a lot of people, they're you know, somewhat well acquainted with God the Father, which is absolutely just as important, foundational, fundamental, absolutely the biggest thing. And, and then they're, they're, they're familiar with Jesus. That is absolutely, I just talked about Jesus. That's, that's incredible. That's, that's, that's it. Jesus right there. But you've got to get acquainted with the Holy Spirit also. You've got to learn Him. You, you've got to fellowship with Him. You've got to be able to talk with Him and rely on Him and lean on Him and realize what He's doing in your life. So John 15 and verse 13, Jesus says, When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on, on His own, but will tell you what He has heard. He will tell you about the future. Am I at a church right now? Where am I? Listen. So that's John 16. John 16. It's on the screen. It said, look at this. Last sentence. He will what? Tell you about the future. Do you get how? What an advantage that you have over everybody else in this world around you that you literally have answers to the future that they're digging for. They're searching for, they have, well, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? We've got the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. And he says, he will tell you about the future. 
Now, I mean, when you learn to rely on the Holy Spirit, I'm not saying he tells you every single, you know, tomorrow you're going to go to the gas station and instead of getting a Mountain Dew, you need to get a Dr. Pepper and blah, 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 blah. But listen, and he could say that. I don't know. But but listen to me. He will tell you about the future. That is a monumental advantage that not everybody else has. Well, I've never had that happen to me before. You have got to get acquainted. You have got to get, you've got, you've got to get closer to the Holy Spirit. You have got to get so secure in your relationship with the Holy Spirit that, that you can listen and, and he's saying, you know, don't do that tomorrow. Just, just don't do it. Why? Just don't do it. Take my word for it. You'll find out later. I mean, what's the matter? You know, I've learned when God's telling me to do something, I can sit there and be like a three-year-old. Why? 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 Do you ever, anybody with toddlers, do they ever ask you why all the time? Don't plug that fork into the socket. Why? Just take my word. It will shock, don't, it's a shocking experience. Don't do it. You know, don't put that dirt in your mouth. Why? Just listen to me, okay? And so, sometimes I feel the Holy Spirit is telling you to do something, telling me to do something, and, well, don't, don't, don't take that one. Go over here. Why? 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 And sometimes we need to just quiet the mouth and say, you know what? I'm going to take your word for it and I'm going to listen. And I might find out later, I might not ever find out why, but that's okay. I'm just going to choose to listen to what it is you're saying right now. And he will tell you about the future. We have got to get acquainted with and in close fellowship with the Holy Spirit. I want to show you one more verse about this here. This is in Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. Who thinks that they need to get a little closer with the Holy Spirit? So let's flip over here to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. And we're talking about here in the end times, in the final days, the final chapter of this world. What an advantage you have that you've got somebody that will remind you of things Jesus said right there on the spot. Somebody that will tell you about the future, somebody that will comfort you when you need comfort, it's somebody that will counsel you when you need some counsel, somebody that is with you nonstop, leading you and guiding you into all truth. When the world's throwing lies at you, you've got somebody leading you into all truth. This is huge and very, very pivotal to your success in the end times. Luke chapter 12 And we're going to look here at verses 11 and 12. And this is incredible right here. Look at this. It said, Jesus said, and when you are brought to trial in the synagogues and before rulers and authorities, don't worry about how to defend yourself or what to say. Well, why? Why don't I? For the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what needs to be said. And it's not that's not just for if you're on trial in the synagogue or in the courts. When you learn to rely on the Holy Spirit, he will teach you, he will tell you, he will give you the right words to say at the right time. And if you're listening, he'll tell you to shut your mouth sometimes when you shouldn't be talking. Can I get an amen on that one? Hey, sometimes, right? (laughs) So, you know, some people that's more of a struggle than others. But listen, we need to be uh, quick to listen, slow to speak. And slow to get angry. That's another sermon for another day. But it seems like that went over real big. So I'll just drop that little truth bomb on you. But listen, sometimes the Holy Spirit is saying, shut up. Stop it right now. Listen, listen, 
Yeah, well, my instincts tell me to not say this. Then don't say it, man. Stop. But then sometimes you're in a situation and you don't even know how to answer it. And then the words just start flowing. How did I come up with that? You didn't come up with that. That was the Holy Spirit giving you the right words at the right time in that situation. And so as a Christian, let me just let me just throw this list up there. I think I've got that up there. Can I, can I have my list of wonderful things the Holy Spirit is uh, telling us to do? My media people, computer. There we go. Thank you. All right. So. Look at this. I mean, these are just these are just nine things we just looked at in the last five minutes. Check this list out. You can take a picture of it if you want to. He is our everyday comforter. Do you need that? He is our counselor, helper, intercessor, strengthener. He leads us to the truth. He reminds us of scripture. He tells us about the future and he gives us the right words to say. All in that one key person, the Holy Spirit, you have all those things. And that's a part. That's a partial list, man. That is just barely scratching the surface. But can you see right now as the world goes crazier and crazier and as there's more uncertainty and more uncertainty, if you could have something like that at your disposal every single day of your life, that is absolutely un there's no price you could put on it. Money can't buy this. This is the absolute gift of God to you, His Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you right now, you need to get more and more acquainted and get closer and closer and closer to the Holy Spirit. And so I'm challenging you right now, okay? We talked about faith today. We've talked about the Holy Spirit and there's so much more, so much more to dig into this. In fact, and just as a favor to you in the bookstore back there, there's some wonderful, wonderful books on this topic. And I haven't even scratched the surface of being baptized in the Holy Spirit because in John chapter three, Jesus told Nicodemus, hey, you've got to be born of the spirit. And everybody that's a born again Christian has been born of the spirit. But then in Acts chapter one, Jesus says, hey, the time is coming when you're going to be baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. And so it's you got to be born of the Spirit, number one. But then Jesus said on top of that, you could be baptized and filled with the Spirit. And every single time in the book of Acts, when somebody was baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit, they had this experience of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance, it says. And every single time, Acts 1-8 says that you receive power from on high when you get the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, you need power from on high. There are things in this world that you simply cannot handle on your own anymore. There are things coming down the pike that, that, that you never even dreamed of. And you need the Holy Spirit. Well, how do I? You need to start welcoming him in to your life. You need to you need to believe to be uh, to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit if you haven't yet. But this out of everything we've talked about over the last four weeks regarding this, it's all key. It's all important. It's all huge to your success. But we just gave you all within one major point right here, at least nine things 
that you need that the Holy Spirit provides to you, you have got to get acquainted with, fellowship with, filled with, surrounded with the Holy Spirit and let him be a part of your life every single day. Can I get an amen on that? Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.